Before we get started, I want to take a minute here and just say that this episode is dedicated to one of the people that is one of the most important people in my professional career, somebody that is a great friend, a great friend, and uh, someone will miss dearly, which is Big Daddy Graham. Big Daddy did a podcast with us for a little bit. He's somebody that got me on the radio a bunch, and uh, I owe the world to him. So for Big Daddy, for his family, especially Ava, uh, just our, our hearts go out to you. And uh, this is for him. We love you. We miss you. I cherish every moment that we spent together uh, in those WIP halls and more. And Ava, we love you. The whole entire family, we love you. Nothing but absolute love and respect for your father and what he's done for us and how many people he's affected positively. And in Big Daddy fashion... Let's get silly. Hello, screwballs. Today on Bell and the Birdman, you could say Dallas had a missed kick in the pants. We also get into things that we're confident about with the Atlanta Falcons game, things we're not confident about. And we got a tip in our tip jar, and it is so big that me and John have schemed up something completely ridiculous, and we want you involved with it. Taylor, hit the music! Hello, everybody. What a way to start out the season. I'm already claiming this as an Eagles victory as we click open the wonderful, tall, pounding, uh, and slightly intimidating can of Liquid Death Mountain Water. Uh, I am John Barchard uh, in studio at Last Out Media. Uh, Of course, Vince Quinn is here. Say hello to the crowd, Vince. Hi, John. Uh, We have a wonderful YouTube preview. Up right now, if you go to our YouTube page, if you just search out Bell and the Birdman on the old YouTube and on Twitch as well, whatever you prefer. Brand new, by the way, on the Twitch. Both both brand new. Uh, we have streamed at Villa Capri. We tested it out with our good friend Matt Mayaratea. Uh I almost screwed up your name. Yeah, you, you almost did. I almost you you kind of like, we'll, you lifted it back up. We'll make it a half. I think we're at nine and a half. Yeah, so, okay. I like that we're doing fractions now, nine and a half. Yeah, well, just like will, sex. You got to, you know, you got to count uh, the, the almost. Okay, well, I'm, I might get into like <laughs> thirds, eighths, seven sixths. Uh, uh, you can't have seven six. Can't have seven six. No, you, well you could, but it's a it's a over one. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. Uh, but uh, definitely go to YouTube right now as we discuss the NFC East. Uh, and boy, oh boy, does Matt have some weird takes about the Washington Football Team? And I think he just <laughs> based himself on experience and all that fun stuff. So uh, we want to do a lot of those different multiple shows uh, and hope to continue to do that throughout the season. However, thirty one twenty nine. And this is what we're telling you, folks. I've been trying to shove it down your throat for two years. It doesn't matter how talented the Dallas Cowboys are. It doesn't matter what type of eliteness that Dak Prescott has because it gets sucked away from Jason Garrett and it gets sucked away from Mike McCarthy. So, yes, are they awesome? Absolutely. Did, in fact, both wide receivers that we wish were probably here with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and both that Howie Roseman tried to get? Yes. 13 wrecks for two touchdowns. 
seven wrecks for one touchdown. You know how many empty calories there are in 403 yards on the field? Woo. You know how many empty calories are with 58 pass attempts and Ezekiel Elliott completely disappearing with his new thinness? What happened? What happened to the Jacko? Jacked up $21 million man or whatever the hell he's getting paid. This is outstanding. Everybody was ready to crown these guys. Go, oh, look, they beat the Super Bowl champions. And by the way, they covered, and I told you they would. So, ka-ka-ching. <laughs> uh, and I am just so happy that between this and Vince Quinn, I don't know if you've heard Jerry lately getting a little mouthy on the radio, but now that Dak Prescott is a $40 million man, did you hear Jerry, in fact, say that he lost the negotiation to Dak Prescott putting immense pressure coming off of a clearly slow for now, slow sure now. That's not a word. It's one forty. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but clearly the ACL is still working its way back. Oh, yeah. And uh, I am thoroughly impressed with how the Cowboys are going to screw up their season once again, settling for field goals in the red zone. Well, yeah, and and by the way, not just settling for field goals, but missing field goals, which is a huge part of the equation. Thank you. MVP, Greg the Leg. Thank you, my friend. You are always welcome on the show anytime. I mean You really are. Because it would have been, I mean the momentum, it would have been sickening to hear all of the nonsense. Oh my god, we beat the Bucks. Aren't we so great? Dak is back. He threw 58 times in that game, which you're totally right about, Zeke. Major questions there. Major questions. Yards. 33 yards. He was on the field 99% of the time. I didn't see him leave that much. No, he shot. Wow, I don't know I, if he's shot. I I have no confidence not, in Zeke. We, I'm not going to do the. I'm not going to try not to. As much as I want to celebrate, stop it. I don't think he's done in that regard. But maybe I don't know. Is this is this, is this a Melvin Gordon thing? Last year on Bell right turn. Last year he went down. He took a serious hit. He's had a lot of carries over the course of his career. Uh, now he, here he is again. It's it's a rough game. I'm, obviously, it's not over because of one game, but it's trending towards telling. over. And it's a continuing thing on last season. You so know, you know what I can't wait for all of Dallas to get on Tony Pollard because he had only coming. he only had three carries and he had positive yardage once or twice or whatever it was. Oh, I can't okay, even remember now, but he's going to get snaps. Yeah, he probably will. And uh, uh, I am just—it's just—it's built so backwards. Like they—they they had a gift with Dak, and now it's a mess. And this always happens when Jerry's in control. It always, always does. However, did I say this out loud? Did I say it on the podcast? I don't think I did. I don't think I did. We'll say it again. Uh, go into the text line, 215-509-5833. There you go. Uh, I've been talking to my, I mean, Ben didn't inspire the speech, and I want to tell you he inspired this next thought bubble because I can't stop thinking about it ever since we chatted about it. Dallas is going to be somewhere in the middle to bottom rung of the NFC again. Jerry's already yapping about the contract not being worth it. And he's going to have to correct it, and he can't really tell Dak to go home. So, nope. as long as UCLA continues to impress itself, <laughs> and there is an open position 
for Chip Kelly and Dak Prescott to be together and for them to go on the revenge tour against Howie Roseman, I do think that's a distinct, very, very big possibility. Have you written like a romance novel between Chip Kelly and Jerry Jones? Is this like the follow-up to the Mike McCarthy slumber party? I just don't think. I just. I think Lincoln Riley's still going to say no. See, and I and I think the next I, best option. I is worry Chip about Kelly. that. Okay, because yeah, here's here's the Lincoln Riley theory. Because okay. I right. I have been thinking about Lincoln Riley because you've been talking about Chip so damn much. You love Chip. <laughs> you love this theory. So okay, the Lincoln Riley theory is because here's the thing. Why would Lincoln Riley leave? Right, he's making yeah. a ton of money. Everything's going well. He's producing Heisman candidates every right. year. He's got Spencer Rattler. He's a Heisman favorite this year. So why why would he leave? He's going to the SEC soon. He wants to be there. He should be there. Does he? I, Oklahoma wants to be. I well, Oklahoma wants to be, but they're also going to kick him out. They're, they're not. not they're, oh, out. they're definitely not going to kick him out. And but he's not going to want to. His go. job is going to get a lot harder. Winning games is going to get a lot harder, and he's got to build a defense now. He's also going to make more money in doing so. He better. But also, if Dallas is going to pay him a lot of money, and he's willing to make the leap, maybe then if there's he's, plenty to if, work with. If he didn't say yes to this roster, he's not going to say yes to the next one. Like to go from Lincoln Riley to Mike McCarthy is not that's that's uh I uh, yeah it's just I don't think it's ever going to happen. You might be right. I just I would be so surprised because that's the thing that gets a college coach to jump. Yeah. Usually, I mean it's it's a major change outside of their control. It's like oh my god, the consequences yeah. of my actions are coming in fines. Yeah. Let me leave this school, and then here comes Pete Carroll going to the Seattle Seahawks. So yeah. so that kind of thing happens. That's what I would well, worry about. Real quickly, but, Vince. Yeah, you might be wondering. Whoa, slow down, guys. If this is you're doing a week one overreaction. You're already firing Mike McCarthy. And yes. I'm going absolutely damn right. Did you? I mean, like, how is that going? How is it going to get any better? I actually think on YouTube we discussed that a little bit, by the way. And just we did be like, how is Mike McCarthy ever going to improve? He's like, well, maybe if it changes into no field goal opportunities, just horrible cl- play calling in the red zone. And yeah, maybe they, d- I mean, they've seen Zach Zeke play in training camp, in practices, in they've gotten millions of looks at him. And there's no response. There's no response. There's no adjustment. There's no like you just didn't have a running game. And I don't think it's just that either. Like Tampa's defensive line, my God, it's still just incredible. How many holding penalties were there tonight? Uh, too many of them. Uh, it's just, I I really think that's probably the 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 case here. But like Dallas's offensive line, not great. It no. just isn't. It just isn't. And Lyle Collins, again, showed up in true fashion, hugging every single person that he could for about two and a half quarters. He's just emotional, John. <laughs> That's all it is. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's not going to change, folks. It, like This is the most talented 7-8-9 to eight, nine team in the, in the <laughs> NFC East. It just never changes. It's never, ever changed from Tony Romo to Dak to what it is. So, no, I don't think it's early to say this is going to continue to happen. Well, here's the other thing, too, and we talked about this a little bit as we were watching the game here at the studio. Tampa Bay played terribly for a yeah. good chunk of today. Chris Godwin, get it together. I know. The, the turnovers were, <laughs> were ugly. Brady had some really terrible throws. The one, like, he threw a ball high. It went yeah. off Leonard Fournette. That became an interception. Weird ones for there. Yeah, so, like, there, there was some bad stuff going on. Offensive pass interference against Dallas. Who cares? Like, ultimately... You know, for that play, Tampa was still at the 40. They could have figured it out, kicked a yeah. field goal, whatever. But 
they played a terrible game, turned the ball over a ton, and still lost. <laughs> so that was their shot, and they blew it. So I, I have no sympathy for Dallas whatsoever. They they should have won that game. They just yeah. should have won that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't either. I mean, there was they were gifted every opportunity, um, and more importantly, the Cowboys' defense is just as atrocious. Just can't handle any. And Vince said something that I go, oh, <laughs> here you go. Uh, like, if they can't handle a, I don't know, 50-year-old Antonio Brown, uh, what are they going to do against the track meet that they're trying to build here? You know, like, it's yep. going to be the same problem. It's going to be the same problem pretty much everywhere around the league. They haven't fixed much of anything. And Michael Parsons, or Michael Parsons in his debut, coverage is the moon. And I, and, I, and I was so happy that they just went the Sean Lee route of like, just just find a guy that has that same kind of makeup. And they, they built like a defense from 1989. Shoulder pads, the whole thing. I feel like I'm watching. <laughs> Neck rolls. All, feel like I'm watching all the right moves out there. Like, it's just unbelievable. And uh, But not the program, by the way. Not, but not, the not watching the program. Still hasn't watched I, it yet. I have to pay like $4 to do it. So oh I've been How dragging my feet. Own it. <laughs> own it. I wonder, like, who owns any movies anymore? Oh, man. Everybody. Who owns movies? 215-509-5833. Do you own movies? I literally, yes I love that no. question, by the way. I literally, <laughs> at one point, when I was working at CBS, I walked in. It's nice to say that in the past tense now. Uh, ba, 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 ba. He's loving it. Go Bell and the Birdman. But I walked into the studio with a bag full of every DVD that I own. And people went through all of my DVDs. They took maybe four. Well, that's a DVD. I'm not yeah. talking about you can own digital well, content. Well, I know, but why? You old man. Good why? Lord, why would you bring it? You were a weirdo that brought in a bag, a sack full of DVDs and wondered because why. Because I got them in 2001. <laughs> yes, I brought, because what the hell am I going to do with these DVDs on my shelf? Exactly. Yeah. And no one else wants them for free. That's no, not, that exactly. Was, so Vince Quinn's whole argument was about to be no one owns movies because no one took my DVDs from CBS Because then Radio. you can stream everything else. Why am I buying a movie? There's something else I will stream and be fully happy with i'm not i love plenty of movies i'm not buying any movie i own probably 30 stream movies wow or so because i like to like the big i'm sorry for your loss the big short have to watch it when i'm in the mood for it and don't want to pay 4.95 every time i want to do it so 1999 i get to see one of the best movies of all time and no one talks about it there i said it boom there we go okay <laughs> that's that's a conversation for another day but yeah I, I don't watch a ton of movies anyway i watch i don't like re-watching stuff all that often i re-watch stuff every couple of years and that's it i i don't sit down and watch a movie like three times a year a certain movie i don't do it it's just not how i operate like yeah. i've only got so much time to watch a movie i want to watch new stuff a lot and then when it's really like a certain mood then i'll go back and do it but new yeah movie, i, I want to guarantee that's why i, like, I go into the bin of all that stuff. How did we get on ownership of movies again? The, I, I mentioned the program, and we, we oh, went yeah. down a whole, a yeah, whole rabbit us, hole. Get us out of here. Yeah, so uh, we were talking about Dallas a little bit here. Long story short, they stink. They continue to stink. This is going to be a false flag. Hey, look at Dak Prescott and how close they were. Well, a yeah, false flag? They, it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. I love it. That's what this game was. A false flag. All these people. That I, I literally yeah. saw like Dallas, a, a nameless Dallas Twitter guy, like somebody I follow with a check mark who was like, well, I'm looking at moral victories here and everything oh looks my God. You know, and it's like, all right, well, enjoy your moral victories, pal, because you're supposed to win the division yeah, this year. Yeah, you're the NFC. And yeah, you're supposed to be, honestly, with that victory. roster, they're supposed to be a legitimate playoff or Super Bowl contender. Are you basically saying because they shoved Dak Prescott out there and they there's no way... 
that they could have Cooper Rush on opening night, that that's that's a moral victory. Sure, yeah, congratulations. And he put up numbers, but also no, he was great. I'm we, not saying it. It's just like no, it's, his it's numbers were great, and he, did, and he did he did plenty. But also, we talked about this a lot. He did not look quite as fast as he used to be, and it'll that, get fast. it'll get better throughout the year. It could. It it always does. It could, but it's something to monitor. So for now, for now I'm, it's a big problem. I wouldn't I wouldn't be like over the moon as Dallas. I'd feel good. I'd feel good, but I wouldn't be over the moon. The, the athleticism is a big part. Yeah, it was kind of like the. I felt a lot of the commentary on Dak uh, and his mobility was kind of that Simpsons episode when uh, it's the pig and Lisa throws it down the hill and Homer's <laughs> oh, yes! going, It's just a little dirty. It's still good. Yeah. It's still good. <laughs> that was pretty much every Dallas Cowboy fan. That was like, a pretty good Homer Simpson, actually. Yeah, I don't know where I pulled that out from, but God bless the liquid death and, uh, and, and soothing the throat to make it, make it happen. Uh, I. I feel like that's going to continue to happen throughout the the year. Yeah. No, uh, Homer of, Simpson impressions. Oh, yeah. Homer yeah. Simpson impressions, definitely, <laughs> for sure. So I hope you are celebrating this Dallas loss like an Eagles victory because that's what we do, and and it's like a double win. So um, we are going to get a little bit into the Falcons game. Um, and, and, you know, like – to me, this is a, oh. Do you have some uh, some news? I, I would well. I would speaking of injured quarterbacks. Oh, yes. I would like to go back to one Howard Roseman, John. Oh, uh, did you see Howie Roseman earlier this week? I uh, I did for a little bit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, in case you missed this, here yes. here's the situation. Howie Roseman was on with Angelo uh, Cataldi oh, this. on oh, WIP. Yes, yes, very much so. So this. he was on with Angelo on WIP, which, by the way, if you have never listened to an Angelo Cataldi interview, especially of a guy of that stature, you're making a mistake. Yeah, Angelo please is always listen to Angelo interviews. Angelo, is, and we've talked about media questions, and we will on this show talk a lot about media questions, and rightfully so. Yeah. Angelo is the single best interviewer, question asker, however you want to phrase it, in the city, and it's not close. Yes, 100% sure. So, that 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 is gospel <laughs> now looking at the interview that he did with Howie Roseman he asked him if he regrets drafting Jalen Hurts last year Howie doesn't regret it and John this is this is a big win for you John I want to read this quote okay yes, yes, yes. one the, the I'll, I'll summarize one quote which was basically we've been to the playoffs in four different games and we needed the backup quarterback in each one so <laughs> there you go on that level huh. then then he gets a little barchardy. Oh. He gets a little, yeah. He, he might have opened the interview going, what's going on? <laughs> so I would love to hear how he picked that up, by the way. If we ever get a chance, we got to make Howie Roseman do the what's going on. Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> uh, Philadelphia. He used to have a radio show, by the way. Do you remember that? Not at all. He used to have a one-hour radio show on WIP. I think it was once a week, his first stint as GM before Chip put him in the closet. No kidding. Yeah, he had a stint where he had an hour show on WIP. I think oh, he did it live at Chickies and Pete's. I do I do kind of remember that. Yeah, now. that was crazy. I can't believe a GM had a weekly radio show. That's insane. I, it's probably a reason why he doesn't do well, it Well, yeah, there's definitely a reason why he doesn't do it. You also don't want to take calls being like, hey, Howie, why did you with yeah. Miles Austin or whatever the hell? Like, it's like, what okay. What the fuck are you doing with Josh Huff? Yeah, yeah like, yeah. he didn't want to deal with any of that. So <laughs> that was a complete mistake. <laughs> but that happened. That was a real thing Man, that happened. I would love to go back and listen to those tapes again. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so what did Howie also so continue to say? Howie, as he was talking to Angelo, following up with it with all the quarterback stuff and not regretting, he says, quote, it's funny because I look at what's going on uh. around the league and I think specifically about San Francisco 
and they sat there and they said, hey, we like our starting quarterback, but we've got to make sure he stays on the field. And they traded up three first-round picks to go up and get another. And their quarterback had been a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl, and they huh. spent a lot of picks on that. Hmm. Howie Roseman. Hello? Am I, am I overanalyzing this quote? No! Hello! So it sounds like we were going to try and do it with this guy, but this guy wasn't down with that. No, couldn't and handle it. That guy is down with that. And they're going to go find out what happens with two quarterbacks in this league. They are. And, and can I tell you something, John, yeah. too? Because we've talked a lot about your version of, of what you think the two quarterback system is. I do have one in my head. The The only version I've mentioned before is basically Jared Lorenzen, which is just, again, the, the nearest and dearest thing to my heart. Well, do your Googles, as uh, one uh, Cliff Sykes would say. Yeah, if you need to, you know, if, say, some act of God happens and, like, you lose a wall of your house, just put up a Jared Lorenzen fathead. Uh, it'll cover the whole thing. But anyway, I see the two-quarterback system working like this. You got Jalen Hurts. He's your starter. You're gonna and and by the way, starter every week. This is that's that's one spot where we differ. I would start him every week if he's the better quarterback. In this case, him and Minshew. Okay, start him every week. But definitely have certain packages, situations. Maybe it's the goal line, and for whatever reason, you want to give a different look. You want to put Min, uh, Minshew in there. Fine, or the awkward space rather than the goal line. Say once you get in the red zone. Offense is a little different in the red zone, and teams have talked about the problems of scoring in the red zone because of the field spacing and all that. If you think Minshew's better for that, great. If you think for a certain play, he's better to just come in and run this one weird-look play that isn't the Wildcat, but it's just Minshew under center, and, and he's good at that. I could see those kinds of things happening, or the team stalls for a drive, yep. and it goes, okay, it's the third quarter, our team has stunk for a while, let's get Minshew in for a couple of plays and just kind of see what can happen, let's let's pull Hurts for a little bit, and then we'll go from there, maybe you still put Hurts back in. That's where I see the two-quarterback system going, I think we could see that with San Francisco, and we could see that eventually soon enough here in Philly. Yep, you know what you're going to, here's, here's the two versions, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to describe it for both systems, actually, because... I think you can do the same thing with Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts and actually Minshew all in the same grow. So I like the idea of Jalen Hurts in shotgun, not as the main quarterback, as the running back I to like Garner that. Minshew to his left. Garner is either protected by Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, maybe even uh, Devontae Smith at that point. Maybe it's a tight end. I don't know. Do something funky there. Hike the ball. Now it's an option read to Hertz. Now he's going to run with the ball. What's he going to do? And that's the best thing. And Louisiana Tech University has run this a couple of times before. It's really unique. Like, I don't want Jalen Hurts getting killed in this, so maybe don't run it as that. But I would like to see someone react to the option of another quarterback handing it off to another quarterback. And what do you do? Minshew's already unaccounted for. And now he can space out and do whatever he wants. Maybe you chuck it back to him and then you throw it deep as Press Taylor is trying to describe through all this stuff. I believe that Jimmy, or I was about to say Jimmy Graham again. I don't know why I want you to say that. You love calling him Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo could do the same thing with Trey Lance where you're doing the read option. Maybe you pull it back and he just runs and Jimmy still has it. You know, same with Minshew. Like, yeah. I love that idea. And I hope that someone's ballsy enough to start maybe putting that in 
five times a year, seven times a year, ten times a year. That's all it, it needs is. to be. That's all it needs to just be. Just a couple of times to do it here Stuff and there. Like that. And and by the way, I just want to say this as a as a general Eagles philosophy for this year, especially. One of the things that happens every year is you look at a team and they might not be expected. And again, we've talked a lot about public perception of the team. People don't think they're going to be as good as we do. Yeah. So fine. So be it. But if you think they're going to be an average team, they should be overly aggressive. Teams in the NFL, especially the average to bad ones, play scared. And I don't understand that even a little bit. You are actively, and all the analytics should tell you that at this point, you're actively hurting your chances to win the from game. Previous, from like 2017 to 2018 and yeah. a half. Yes, yeah. The sample sizes are there. And you have enough sample size of the modern era evolution uh-huh. of football with all the space and everything now. So... When Speed you can look efficiency. at that, yes. So if you can get certain plays in there, risky plays, odd formations, the two quarterback stuff, if you can work that in early in the season, this isn't like, oh, well, let's wait till week 13. You might be out of the playoff race by week 13. Do it week one. Do it week four. I don't care how early it is, but if you've got a play in your playbook that is a big break it open, something you can run three or four variations of that play, of that formation, do it. Do it to your advantage. you got to try to win. Like yeah. It sounds obvious and dumb, but how many teams run trick plays in the first game of the season? Uh, I mean, Andy Reid with a onside kick to start off the season. Well, yeah. Pretty, I mean, I, not it. It. I think week one is always the most popular one to do it for for sure. Or you know, and you know, week something. one, you're probably right. Week two, week three, week four. I feel like it mellows out a good bit. It becomes more regular. Yeah, and if you will. I don't know if anyone knows. This is a silly little tidbit, but did you know that um, uh, Walsh, uh, San Francisco, Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh had designed an all-trick playbook and wanted to run it one year. Really? Mm-hmm. He always... He, Does that exist I, somewhere? I, I, in, someone can go correct me, but I'm pretty sure it's in an interview, and he goes, I always... Oh, no, it was during a coaching clinic. That's right. During a coaching clinic, he had said, I, I put together an all-trick playbook because no one would know what to do at any point in turn. And I, I wonder, I was like, man, somebody needs to uncover that book. I would love to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Just to just to read that playbook yeah. or talk with him about yeah. that playbook would have been the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Uh, but that's where, you know, that's where we're kind of getting like, maybe it's maybe it's down the road, maybe it's not. But the aggressiveness for if you think it's going to be an okay to average offense, absolutely can make it look good or great. And we've, we've certainly seen that in the past. Do you have confidence that that's actually going to happen in week one in Atlanta. Are they going to come out guns blazing and just say, whatever, we're going to do whatever. Uh, I'm going to reserve some of my feelings on how I feel about Sunday just towards the end here. But, like, confident, not confident in what exactly heading into Sunday. I think they will be aggressive on Sunday and on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to take shots deep. They're yeah. definitely going to do that early. You just have to. I mean, especially with the kind of offense they're going to run. I think all year. Let's see the track. Assuming the matchups. Yeah. yeah, they're they're just going to have to do it. It's how they're built. It's what they're meant to do. Whether it's hitting it to the receivers deep or using that deep game as a way to open up Miles Sanders and getting big runs from underneath. They need the big game. They, they just have to do it. So, yeah, I want to see that kind of aggression. Again, whether or not it works. <laughs> I, I, uh, That's where the coin falls. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the major reservation I think for all of this but 
I will say, talking about confidence going into this yeah. game, uh, as much as I think they'll take some, they'll have some level of aggression. I'm not sure if Sirian is going to be as aggressive as I hope. Like yeah. we just we just went through, but I think they'll be aggressive in terms of energy level. You know what I mean? Like they're going to come out and be ready to hit people. That's what my full expectation is. That is the thing I am most confident about going into this game. That- as long as they don't come out to crazy train, yes. <laughs> Just whoever picks the music, not crazy train. No, don't don't go out to crazy ass. train. What do you think Sirianni listens to? Um, he looks like man. He looks like a Jason Mraz type of guy. <laughs> I can see that honestly, or like some, I'm yours. Jack Johnson. He'd be like way into Jack Johnson. I'm into that. So me and Sirianni could hang out. Oh, you're into Jack Johnson. Oh my! I God. I listen to uh, what is it? In between dreams, I oh. think is the album. I the fact that you even know the album's name already turns me off. That oh, well, <laughs> do I ever turn you on, John? Uh, all the time. Oh well, that's what I. Thought. He's wearing a Ladanian Tomlinson like a powder blue jersey. By the way, yes, been wearing it all day. I dig it, and he's and. That's all. It's just turn you on. It's, uh, it's turning me on. Yeah, but anyway, going go back to aggression in this, like, <laughs> they've just spent so much time talking about physical, fundamental stuff and really getting after the the rent paid, all that kind of stuff. Like, everything about this team tells me that they are, whatever their actual schematic smoothness and whatever is going to be, they're going to beat the crap out of people out there. I mean, the offensive line is built for that. They've got a history of that. Yeah. I believe in that. The defensive line has the attitude and the history for that. I believe in that. Like, mm-hmm. whatever Ryan Kerrigan gives you week one, it's going to beat up people. <laughs> Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, they're going to beat up people. So yeah. to see, to know, like really know for all the uncertainty around this team that they're going to smack people I love that. I can't wait to see it. It is a guarantee on Sunday. Yes. Absolute guarantee. Well, I'll go what I'm, since you're confident about the D-line, I know I am too. I'm going to go to what I'm not confident about first then and then come back to the second one. Okay. I am not confident that anyone can cover Kyle Pitts. Ooh. I don't know what's going to happen there. And you're like, John, it's just a rookie tight end and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't like it. It's not. I don't like He's it. He's not just a rookie that's, tight end, that's, though. That's a rookie wide receiver that, like, if you're going to give the same, if we're going to give the same credit to, you know, Devontae Smith here and be like, he's going to be great with his jab stuff as Alabama Ashley pointed out so wonderfully in a couple episodes <laughs> ago. Um, I have to respect Kyle Pitts in the same way, and I just, I don't think they have the horses right now. Like, if you throw Avante Maddox in there, that scares me. If you have to throw a safety in there, scares me like i just don't know how it's going to go but i know it's just going to go bad who is yeah. not there there's got to be a main focus they want to get their new rookie in in into the rhythm here i think kyle pitts is a problem every day every day every day every day yeah kyle pitts scares the crap out of me the, the one guy that i would feel the best about i mean it's like it's either darius slay which you can't do that actually have calvin ridley yeah. so sorry that's out yeah um your and other guy's McLeod. You're probably not even going to p- pick your poison there, too, right? Yeah, I mean, McLeod is is your best option on the team. He's probably not going to play, so that's not good. Uh, if if they're willing, if they're willing to take the risk and get the guy that they just signed, by the way, not that long ago, to be their number two corner, and you want to put him on pits and play like really aggressive defense in that way, I kind of dig it. It gets yeah. me a little excited about Gannon that they're going to take a risk like that and just let the other guys beat him, but. That I don't know what else you do. Is Anthony Harris like I don't know what his history is of covering tight ends. I don't know how good he is. I hope he's good. I would love. Uh, of course, I want to oh, see no. him be good. I, he's he's good, but in the same way, like yeah, I think it's just the the illusion of of uh, not knowing what what Kyle Pitts is and isn't. You know, like this that's uh, 
in really good preseason too. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Right? It's just kind of like, ah. But Rookie tight ends generally don't do well. Don't. He's going to do well. Yeah, it's uh, because then you're then you're just talking about like Marcus Epps. Uh, there <laughs> we go. Or like, yeah, and it and it doesn't uh, doesn't look like I don't trust know. Kayvon Wallace on Kyle Pitts even a little bit. Uh, that's, I'm sorry, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen either. So who who knows what uh, what kind of uh, the coverages are going to go out? Calvin Ridley is obviously a problem too, but I, I feel pretty good about that matchup. Honestly, I I feel like Slay's going to get the best of the best of him most of the day, which also means I'm very confident that uh, one Devonte Smith is going to have a very large, big touchdown. Either that's by yak, by making somebody miss, or just a casual, nice long bomb that Jalen Hurts puts so nice into a pillow-like soft touch into the corner of the end zone, and we all go crazy. That I'm very, very confident in. Uh, they want to get both of them going early. It's clear that they kind of wanted to even just do that in the 15 snaps that Jalen Hurts had of, like, just get the ball deep, get the ball deep. I don't think we're going to be used to this vertical type of offense. It's just going to be nice again. People are going to be able to get open. They're going to scheme people open. And Devontae Smith is going to be the absolute recipient of that uh, in week one. Okay, so... I think, if anything from Smith, I would expect a Julio Jones special, which is he has like a 60-yard catch. He gets tackled at the three. You know what I mean? Like, Julio Jones did that. He had a whole season where I don't even think he scored a touchdown. Did he score one? Maybe it was like uh, three years ago. Yeah, I would think it ended up being three that yeah, year. Yeah, it was yeah. like nothing. But he, he kept getting, it was like by week 14, he just kept getting tackled at the one every time. It was hilarious. Um, but I, I could see something like that. How, uh, Smith's going to have a big play. Yeah, I the, the same thing with Kyle Pitts. He's just too important to them. They've invested in him. They believe in him. He's a big part of the offense. He's going to have a big play. But I get less confident in the receivers by the day. I really do. Wow, I do. And for all the positivity, like we as, as we did the YouTube show, and and again, go check that out. YouTube, Twitch, all that as we were hanging out at Villa and doing a little more breaking down the schedule and all that kind of stuff. I got to ten wins. Okay. Yeah, I got to eleven again, by the way. So yeah, I like I've grown in positivity on this team where I went from seven or eight when we first started really digging into all of this, and now I'm up to ten. It's my fault. And I it, it's it's in part your fault, but also <laughs> it's just the more time we spend talking about it, thinking about it, it just makes sense. Like yeah. it, it just feels obvious to me. But the receivers scare the crap out of me. I, I want Quez Watkins to be real so bad because for him as a sixth round pick. To really, at this point, I see him as wide receiver too. That's a sixth round pick last year that did nothing. So, if that's wide that receiver just, two, he's just you give him wide receiver two. <laughs> what what is Jalen Rager? Is he going to be on the outside or, or is he a slot? Guy? I would imagine he's going to be in the slot a lot of the time. Well, there, there you go. So, I mean, that's the thing. So, if I'm investing a lot in Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager right now. I'm not investing in much. Like, that is a dangerous investment. So those guys, until they prove me wrong, I don't believe in them. I don't trust them. I want to be as wrong as wrong can be. I don't believe it. Playmakers are not overrated. Playmakers are not overrated. But are they playmakers? However, wide receivers are, and that's been proven so many times. So I'm with you. Like, I don't think that as, like, polished wide receivers that you want for an NFL presence and all that. Yes. I wouldn't I'm not necessarily confident overall in the wide receiver group, but at the same time, I mean, we were yelling why is Alshon Jeffrey on the field for 2 years. Yeah. 
give me the young guys. <laughs> give me the young guys. And now the young guys are here. And we're like, well, give me the old guys. Make up your fucking mind is what I want to tell you. Make up your goddamn mind, everybody. I'm rolling with the young kids. I like the young kids. They need more opportunities. They're here to grow. They're not going to be superstars coming out of the gate. They're going to fuck up and make mistakes. Yes, Jalen Rager is not going to turn around on a comeback route, and I'm going to yell at my television. And so are you. And that's okay. It's part of the growing pains. At least he's not dead. And the one thing that I love about Jalen Rager, he is not a polished route runner. Check. Probably not as fast as we assumed he was coming into the league. Check. Fat coming into camp. Check. I'm with you, gang. I'm with you. But he's tough as shit. And that is doesn't he? get talked about enough. Absolutely he is. No Tough how? Go back and watch one of the first three games that he was in with Carson Wentz. He took a hospital ball across the middle, got injured. I think that's what that, it was the week one, right? And then he had some – he was out for a couple of weeks yeah. because he tore something, stayed in the game, caught a couple of more balls, went on his day. That kid's tough. Okay. He might be small, and he might look like a little tiny muscle. And, yeah, we're, he is – you do not want this guy. And I think I even said this during the draft. He's – I don't care if Jalen Rager drops three or, like, seven out of ten. As long as three of them are touchdowns, that's what he's supposed to do. He'll grow into a receiver you can rely on and rely on. But for now, get him in the end zone. Get him into space. Worry about the rest of the shit right later. So I this is one I really disagree with on Vince all the time. We're probably going to argue about it for the first seven weeks of the season. I think this wide receiving core is good. I think it's I have concerns that it's just okay or below average, but I think this is a good wide receiving core. The upside is great. And and on the toughest thing on Rager, I just want to finish that out real quick. Yeah. My only thing was he had the social media stuff going on. He's had to like back away from his counts or whatever. Like that's physically it, tough, yes. is what I say. So yeah. and that's and that's an important distinction, but it's also again why I'm scared as hell about the wide receiving core. I just totally it, fair. It scares the crap out of me. Totally but fair. I will but say this. Let, let me get a <laughs> Let me get a confident thing. Okay, let's let's Ooh, get on the, let's get it. on the same page here. New staff for both teams. Good thing. I think that's a great thing. It's a good thing. I I'm totally in on that because you look Arthur Smith, offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, did the right things over there. To his credit, did a great job to look at a modern NFL and go I don't give a shit about any of that. This is Derrick Henry. We're going to give him the ball 35 times a game, and that is how we're going to win. And they did. I mean, to win playoff games the way that they do, nobody has the guts or the ability. Like, the Baltimore Ravens have only won one game with Lamar Jackson. That's one of the best rushing offenses you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. So they've won games with a traditional, straightforward, pound-you-out kind of runner, and they've done it to perfection. So Arthur Smith is brilliant to be able to do that. He is committed to be able to do that. He doesn't have Derrick Henry, though. Right. This is a different team. He's got Mike Davis as his running back. Like, eh, eh, like not bad, but eh. So I don't know what that team is. I don't know what that coaching staff is. I don't know how good they really are either. And even if it turns out that they are amazing, week one is a good equalizer for different coaching staffs that are both new. Yeah. So for this to be a game where you're on the road, to be on the road against a new coaching staff, that's something that you can feel good about. Yep, and I have that on my list for pretty much the... Uh, on the non-confident side, like I also have Arthur Smith on my list. That 
he's actually a pretty decent opportunity. And we get into this thing all the time with offensive coordinators, too. Obviously, Nick Sirianni is in the same boat, but like, hey, you ran a good offense at that place that you were. You're probably going to replicate that and do the same. It's like, well, not necessarily. But I do think Arthur Smith is one of those guys. I think he is going to be a like over the the, the last couple of head coaches, like uh, over a Joe Judge type over. I can't even kind of really remember this. Yeah, like choosing Mike McCarthy even. Over a guy like Arthur Smith is stupid. Yeah. I we'll see if Vrabel's like Belichick and, and dumps all his litter across the league, but I don't think that's what happened here. Um Yeah. Uh and then the other thing that uh, I'm not confident about, Brandon Brooks still being limited, hoping it's just a veteran thing of, you know, hey, back to back years, you don't really need to be out there. I'm assuming that's what this is, and then surprise, I'm ready to rock and roll and loved his, you know, little Tai Chi he was doing with uh <laughs> Lane Johnson of the pump up yeah. video. So. Now, I I really doubt this happens, but super sleeper option is maybe Landon Dickerson starts? Maybe? Ooh. Maybe? Wow. I'm, I, I think he dresses. I think he dresses. So if he dresses and Brooks doesn't, like, maybe? Wow, you think it's like that? I don't know. I, I just, it's possible. If he's active and Brandon Brooks isn't, who else? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably Nate Herbig at that point. They I, love I, Herbie. I, I would. I would say he's up first. Didn't have the uh, the greatest uh, you know training camp of all time, but yeah, I'd be I, okay with it if they started Herbig. I'd be okay with that. By the way, like I, I have no need whatsoever to rush Landon Dickerson. Yeah, the fact that he could be active on game day, week one. I think he is amazing. I think like, he's going to be. What a win! Yeah, seriously, like that's that's such a huge win. So I'm thrilled about that. That it, even if he doesn't make it, he's close. Like mm-hmm. we thought, maybe he's on the pup or whatever. We wouldn't see him till midseason. So or or at all. Yeah, was a conversation like a month ago. So yeah, like. Uh, but anyway, uh, definitely reason to be concerned about that. It's Brandon Brooks, man. Yeah, I think it. I'm probably just being a little too worried here. But if he, yeah, for some reason, I just, yeah, yeah that would that would be not great to start the season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, last thing you're confident in. So. Actually, unfortunately, the the main thing that sticks out right now is the last thing I'm not confident in. Okay. The QB floor in this game goes to Atlanta. They have a better floor. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's, yeah, it's Matt Ryan. But, yeah, it's like whatever whatever that bad game is from Matt Ryan with a new coach and, and all the turnover, losing Julio Jones, his long-trusted number one guy, for all the turnover that they're going to have there, the worst Matt Ryan performance that I see coming compared to what the worst Jalen Hurts performance could be, radically different. I mean, you're talking about a veteran guy. Yeah, he's been around forever, MVP, all that different stuff. Jalen Hurts has had the fumble problems and all. It's just like just thinking about what this game could be in uh, the Doctor Strange <laughs> end game, million different realities. Like, yeah, the, the better QB floor is just something you, you can't be confident. I, I guess, but in the same, like, if we're going to be concerned about this wide receiving core for the Eagles. I mean, outside of Calvin Ridley, it's pretty pedestrian. <laughs> you know, like, Read off the whole list, by the way. I'm curious about the full depth chart. Uh, Russell Gage. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Christian Blake. Yeah. Um, a dude's not. I'm just going to give myself 10 and a half. All right, right yeah, just go 10 and a half. Uh, <sighs> nope, I can't even. <laughs> Can I see it? I want to give it a shot. Olam, Olamida Zaka. Yeah, wow. 
<laughs> Anyone got it for me? O- Olamide Zacchaeus. O- it's definitely Zacchaeus. Yeah. The last name is Zacchaeus, 100%. Olamide, O-L-A-M-I-D-E. Olamide? Yeah. Olamide. I yeah. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but so okay, yes, yeah, so they don't have anybody receiver outside of Ridley. Like you've uh, Ridley and Pitts. You've yeah, exactly. And and that vaunted Hayden hurts, of course, because uh, somebody really wanted uh, yeah uh, one of those uh, Baltimore tight ends to do something. Yeah, I just it, you know, I mean there there isn't a lot, and and even on the other side of the uh, football, I know you're just focused on Matt Ryan there, but you know, I mean this defense hasn't really improved itself much. Um, our old friend Stephen Means is kind of hanging out uh, and enjoying his time there, but it's pretty much the same. It's the same same group. I don't know. I'm yeah, just, I'm, I, I, it's, I, it's I, I, regu- I, it's evenly matched teams. Like I that's even, the thing. I don't even know if it's evenly matched. Like I, I clearly see more talent on the side of the Eagles still. Still. Okay, well then let me ask you this because your your long running prediction for the past like two weeks now since yeah. we've really started the show and talked about this, you've said Atlanta constantly is going to win this game. Do you still think Atlanta wins? Yeah, I do. You do? Okay, <laughs> that's so great. That's so great. Okay, what to to be at the precipice and have explored all of this now? You have to. Is it just like weird shit happens? Like what is birds it? Versus birds is always weird, and birds versus birds at Atlanta is always weird. It's just whether. Jim Jim Schwartz is like, oh, sorry, I missed that screen on Julio Jones, and now he's scrambling down the end zone. I know you kind of had him all game, but sorry. Yeah. Whether it's Sam Bradford in a beautifully designed screen where Jason Kelsey's running freaking step for step with the entire secondary and gets a bullshit holding call on him that probably would have decided the game. Yeah, that was brutal. You know? That was brutal. It's just something always happens here. Which I will say the last thing I'm confident in, no matter what happens, Jalen Hurts will be absolutely respected after this game. You know, like I do, I thought it was initially I'm going low scoring, but I don't think so. I think this is, I think this ends up being just a sloppy high scoring game. And, Which would be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. I want, yeah, I, I want it to be like yeah. the football equivalent of it's raining and you like dive head first into a mud puddle. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want this game to be. I just want it to be like a, a wild, wacky, fun, ridiculous game. And come be ridiculous with us at Villa Capri in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, fifty-one West Court Street. Uh, and the other reason why you need to check out that YouTube video is because we give an entire tour of the place. We show you like where cornhole is going to be and. It's just going to be so much fun out there. It looks like it's going to be a nice overcast day. TV's inside and outside, EPL in the morning. And Chef has sent me pictures tonight as we're recording this. He is hand-rolling cheesesteak egg rolls. They look phenomenal. Go look at our Instagram. They'll be up there. We cannot wait to see you. Like, this is, no matter what happens, I want to be dead wrong. Dead, 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 dead wrong about my prediction. And I want us to all enjoy, you know, uh, a, a victory and uh by the way speaking of those things uh some supplies are taking a little longer to get here than expected yes uh so in instead of i we are still going to give cases away that is not going to be an issue however uh we don't know how many people are going to show up and unfortunately we're still waiting on one more big pallet of this delicious liquid death water to no one's fault of anybody it's just the system and how things are working and all that other stuff. But it'll be here next week. So we think for the home opener, we might do that and have some fun. But honestly, if if the Eagles win, everyone gets a can. That is going to happen. The shirts are 
limited as of now, but if you do show up, you are going to get one no matter what. Might have to ship it to you, and that's okay, but they will be there. And we are so excited to give away more prizes, more swag, and all that stuff coming in. It's going to be such a fun time. Everyone is pumped for you to be there and for us to show up and to kick this thing off. So, so excited, Vince. Yeah, I ate some taco pizza today, John. Oh, baby. It Barbecue was, chicken pizza was, as well. Yeah, the taco pizza. Like, that's a difficult thing to do, right? You've got pizza with, like, all the different onions and tomatoes and whatever, all the different ingredients of a taco, but the lettuce. I will lettuce, say, most taco pizzas are awful if you order them from bars. They really are. It's a risk. Yeah, this, big risk. This taco pizza is covered in lettuce. And you know what? I got this slice of taco pizza. Perfection. It's perfection. Perfection. It's uh, like Chef Scott does an amazing job there. He's really, everything is handmade there. There's no like, there's no, there's no Gordon Ramsay. Oh, what? It's frozen. That's the worst yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Can we put world. the picture out? Send that to me. I want to put it on our oh, Instagram. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I said. It's it's already up on right. Instagram and all that other stuff. And you can go check that out right now. It is, yeah, these guys are awesome. The specials will be there too. Going to be a lot of fun. And the best thing is, you tell us what you want. We're going to form and fit it in there. We started talking to some people in the Discord on what they are, are thinking, and 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 uh, we love all the ideas in there. So Texas is always 215-509-5833. Get in our Discord if you want to. Join in the fun there. lot of great things happening at Villa Capri. Hope you can join us each and every Sunday, but especially for opening day. Oh, boy, it's going to be fun in there. Oh, it's going to be amazing, John. Yes. I mean, just to be sitting in there and see the stages, Prem from Vet Alumni Pod, who we talked with last week. Yes. To have the conversation with him at the bar. We're just making sure everything sounds good, looks right, all that stuff. It's going to be so much fun. So, so much fun. We have some other awesome news that happens. Uh, it just so, I just can't believe you guys. Like, you guys are awesome. Um, a big shout out. To Sean Arney for his five dollar donation to the show, and like we say, um, it's a we have a little uh, a tip jar uh, at the bottom of our Linktree page there, um, and uh, someone there was a mystery there for a second, but then we have found the name of someone who went above and beyond, above and beyond, and we do not expect this, so we are coming up with new rules tonight. As we speak, because we think we've got a great idea for this. We want you involved as much as possible. But uh, a big shout out to Stefan Dufgren. And I hope I, I hope that we will just mark that at 11 and a half, right? Yeah, uh, 11 and three quarters, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to add a fraction. Yeah. Uh, so 11 and a half. Uh, gave $100 to the show, which is totally unexpected. You know, like unbelievable amount of support. Crazy. Thank you so much because that helps us go get more staff, get better equipment. It literally goes right into the show. That is, that is what it's there for. It's to pay the writers. It's to pay everybody else. But we want you, if you're doing this, we've officially decided the $100 mark is where the tears start. And I get you know, like we could do a whole bunch of Patreon stuff and like whatever, but it's so limited. I think this idea is fun. So, Stefan, you, my friend, get to create the hundred dollar tier because you were the first one to put up a hundred bucks. And you, my friend, with along with us, will get to decide what the hundred dollar tier is for everybody moving forward. And that doesn't mean it stops there. Like, you're just like, oh, you're going to have three tiers, and that's cool. No, 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 no. 
101 is a tier. 102 is a tier. 103 <laughs> is a tier. And so on and so on and so on. You set the tier. Obviously, it's... And here's what we're... Here's what me and Vince are trying to come up with here. Because I we, we want to keep everyone kind of... There's so many people creating content for us that we want to shine for right now. We want to kind of leave that alone and let them do their thing. In a year, maybe that changes. But for now, we want to keep, you know, the content for the content's sake. But we were, Vince, what were some of the ideas we were coming up with? Like, even as a suggestion, if you, let's say, like, hey, um, this gets you... I want a sandwich. I want a yeah. You, you said know, DoorDash a do- sandwich. A DoorDash sandwich. Well, uh, congratulations to you for getting a free plug. Uh, but any, any delivery service that uh, that you want or something like that, like stuff like that. Yeah, we want to do fun things. Fun any things. anything that doesn't involve us, like creating a whole new show and all the stuff that goes with it. Again, yeah, all the different writers and stuff. We have a, we actually have a bonus show that is at the end of this episode. We do, by the way. So we will give you more than that. But we have started another brand new show with people that are part of our team. Little quick shows, and yeah. yeah. So stay tuned for that. We'll give you details on that in a couple of minutes. But we want to do stuff like I don't know if you want to play uh, a Scrabble with us yeah. or like who cares it, it, for whatever you want to do for any Come donation at your house. Yes. yes, on the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. We yeah. are happy to travel at your house. Uh, John, what is the what is your best meal that you make right now? Oh, my God. Uh, probably like three or four things between if you're like uh, if you're a beef steak type of person. I'm really good with that stuff. Uh, if you want me to surprise you with the meal, I'm usually pretty typical. There of you that go. Too. So like, love doing that. Let's, stuff. let's let's make a meal and do a podcast. We absolutely. will absolutely do a meal. We'll do a potluck at <laughs> a your potluck house. Potluck at your house. A yeah. pod podluck. Ah, podluck. Ah, see. Hey. So we we will do a podluck at your house if you want it. You donate one hundred and seven dollars, yeah. and you want to make that the tier done. That is what the tier is. Want to play Madden with us? Play Overwatch. Play like just anything. And we like, play Overwatch together. The by the time. way, like me and John do that. We do play Overwatch yeah. together. So if you want to play it with us, like. Yeah, sure. Why not? If you want to just like, hey, uh, I just want to have grab beers with you. Great. Set the tier. <laughs> yep. That's all it is. One oh one. That's beers. Okay, great. Let's go get beers and 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 like that. I think that would be so much fun. You tell us if it's a shitty idea or not. I think I love this idea though. I love the chaos of this idea yeah. to have like theoretically a hundred plus tiers. Like this could go <laughs> up to anything. Yeah. So at some point, like and never at- sense it has to be a dollar up. I'm, we're not going to do yeah, that. Sense, That's too much. It gets sense the hell out of here. Yeah. B- b- pony up the buck, okay? <laughs> the buck. Or in some cases, you're taking down the buck because yeah. there's going to be gaps all over the place. But yeah, like... All ideas are welcome, though. Seriously. Yes. And we want fun, goofy, what, serious, whatever you want it to be. As long as it's yeah. something that we all can agree to and is fun or, or worthwhile, then yeah, let's make it happen. Have us go do community service for one of your favorite charities. Happy Absolutely. to do it. Happy, Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Yeah, I mean, me and John, we've we've got a little certain, uh, you know, kind of community-focused project oh, that we've yes. been working on, and we'll yes. we'll hopefully be able to talk a little more about that soon. I would, uh, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic. That would kind of put a button on on everything we're kind of doing here. But you guys get the idea for the most part. Two one five. 509-5833. Join our Discord. Get in there. Maybe we'll even make a channel of just like, you know, the, the tier thing in there. We, w- we would love to do that with you. So without further ado, I think we just make our, our predictions here as we, uh, we roll into a happy, happy Sunday. So I'm not going to change my mind. Ugh. I'm not going to change my All mind. All right. Well, I am going to increase the score. Falcons, Falcons 28. I'm going to go with the birds 24. 28-24. Disappointing, but... 
promising. All right. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to get here. It's going to be a weird game, but scores in the NFL are very strange now. <laughs> so that is the tough thing about predicting a score now. The variety of scores because of two-point conversions and missed two-point conversions yeah. and all that stuff. It's like t- totally all over the place. I'm going to say 33 to 28. 33 to 28. 33 to 28 Eagles. Eagles. I, I have no idea how you get there, but 33 to 28 is how that game is going to go. I love it. I absolutely love that. Um, I know that... Uh, there's a, a lot to get into uh, throughout, you know, the next couple of weeks here. I'm excited that we're going to get a lot of arguments based on the complete overreaction of whatever happens in this game. No doubt. Which I'm really, really looking forward to as well. Um, excited to see you at Villa Capri and excited for you to listen to our first post game as well. Like, it's just like, ah, this is a breath of fresh air. We have nothing but uh, great things to say about you guys because the support is Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So far. Like, Unbelievable really. So I mean, far. text, Discord, every uh, DMs we've gotten from all the different accounts, just responses, whatever it's been. Yep. Like, you have been honestly amazing like for because for us we've we've put everything on the line on some level to get out here put a show together and, and just try to get the people that we believe in and give them opportunity so yeah. for you to embrace this as much as you have already is mind-blowing mind absolutely blowing and i've got to tell you the story before we go because it's going to make you laugh um so i now know and I'm, I'm changing my mind my favorite superhero was never batman Never Batman. I was always a big X-Men guy. Loved Wolverine. Okay. Loved Gambit. Yeah. Number one. Batman is indeed the most terrifying superhero of all time. (laughs) You want to know why? Why? Because at 6 a.m., a fucking bat was in my house, and I have no perception at all on whether I am or am not afraid of bats. Like, I always just enjoyed them in the sky eating mosquitoes and be like, oh, cool, look at the bats. They're doing their job and they're helping out. Well, until it's in your house, and if you've ever seen the great outdoors, that's basically what happened. (laughs) I was terrified of that fucking thing, and it's a rat with wings, as the great Bob Euchre once said. Like, that's all it is. It's It's not even there to harm anybody, but, like, you immediately go into attack mode. I am such a wuss. I 100% admit it. My my better half, the most wonderful woman in my life, Carrie, got that thing out of there. <laughs> I, I, Good work, Carrie! I cannot handle bats. It's been confirmed. I would rather face 100 snakes than one bat. It is crazy how we just like manifest all these things, but I swung and missed five times to try and move it out to the window and just like, hey. With what? A broom. Okay, I, I, like that's a we, classic bat <laughs> removal device. Half, half asleep, nowhere to go. This bat's going all over the place. Bats are terrifying. Batman's terrifying. I hope you never have a bat in your house. That's all I have to bats say. Bats are scary, but also they are a cute animal. As far <laughs> as, very as, cute. as far as cute animals go, they're very yes, cute. Yes, just, just don't let them into your home. Yes. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody. I'm John Barchard. That is Vince Quinn. And make sure you stick around, by the way, because after the music... We introduce, because John, we just keep coming up with more friends. Two new friends. We got a sports history show that we're doing. Little little new feature that we want to do each week on a Thursday. Getting you ready for game day. Just something. Well, I'll explain the whole bit on the other side. But a little sports history for you with the Eagles. A couple of new friends. And make sure you stick around for that. All right. That'll do it for Bell and the Birdman. And we will see you Sunday at Villa Capri. And your ears will be ready for our post-game show. And we'll see you real soon. Bye, guys.
All right, so Vince here, and I'm hanging with a couple of guys who uh, we just mentioned a minute ago, and I've been working with them for a while now here at Last Out Media. They've been working on a podcast together, sports history show. You guys cover everything, football, baseball, hockey. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. I think badminton, you probably have like 15 <laughs> badminton episodes, I'm going to assume, right? So uh, Something they, like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, no, they, they cover all the major sports, great stories, great guys as well, which is an important thing for us, and, and that's why... I'm thrilled to have you guys on the show for this year as we talk some Eagles history. Jeremy Dove and Jose Ruiz from Bigger Than the Game. Hello, fellas. Hey, thanks for having us, Vince. Thanks a lot, Vince. We appreciate that intro. Yeah, so just to give everybody a little scoop of what we're going to be doing here. So, obviously, you guys are sports historians. So, what we want to do this year is every Thursday, going into a game, we want to run people through a little history of, of a matchup or a player that connects the two teams or whatever it is, some sort of little bit of history that makes sense going into the game. And so obviously we got the Atlanta. Uh, I almost said Hawks. I almost said close. Hawks. Yeah. Like, that's still not a good memory. For no, me. It's not. It's they are. They're, they're way more prevalent on my mind than the Falcons are, to be honest with you. Uh, Cause that, that playoff loss was brutal, but yes, the Atlanta Falcons week one. And so guys, what do you want to get into? Well, you know, Vince, we're looking at it. And the last time, the Eagles open up at the Falcons probably was in 05. And we're looking at that matchup and you're thinking, going back, hey, the Eagles had just been in the Super Bowl, heartbreaking loss to the Patriots. But hey, the T.O. era, McNabb, so great in 04. But then, Jose, that crazy offseason kind of happened. And it really kind of set up for what we saw in that week one game with the Falcons. Yeah, you had all the T.O. stuff in training camp. Uh, you had all that drama with McNabb and T.O., you know, the contract situation, all of that stuff, right, leading into game one of the season. And then before the, even, the game even starts, you have this big fight with Jeremiah Trotter and Kevin Mathis. They both get ejected before the game even starts. To me, that was just a prelude of the rest of the season. And that was mayhem. I mean, I remember sitting down to watch that game, and naturally the excitement was through the roof, right? Yeah. Like, you're talking about, again, this high-profile team just losing in the Super Bowl, and T.O. us in the driveway. I forgot about that happening just before. But but the thing about all the hype that was going into that game, and then you see that kind of fight break out, I mean, that never happens. That was crazy. No, and for us, losing Jeremiah Trotter starting middle linebacker, you know, this week one, Monday Night Football, and we're down our number one run stopper it was really kind of a costly thing for the Eagles and kind of looking back on it showed just how crazy that offseason was and just how crazy the 2005 season would be for the Philadelphia Eagles yeah and defensively it just this week one matchup against the Falcons who were definitely run heavy with Vic work done they had their, their running game was their offense just show the dramatic weakness for the Eagles for this upcoming season no. Atlanta ran all through them. Man, and, and, and that was a fun team. Uh, you look at Atlanta then because that was the team that they got. They beat in the NFC Championship game to right. go and get to the Super Bowl. Correct. So to see that combination of guys, and I, I loved Warwick Dunn, by the way. I so was did a I. Warwick Dunn guy. Uh, just a great guy as well. Built homes for people. Absolutely. When, yeah, so just an incredible story. And to see, yeah, that team, that game, all that's just wild stuff. So uh, crazy memory. And certainly more to come, guys. So as we go through all this, first off, where can people find Bigger Than the Game? Well, you can find us on anywhere you can get podcasts. uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Bigger Than the Game with Deremy and Jose. And there's nothing better for a sports history show than listening to us break it down. You're going to get emotion. You're going to get laughs. You're going to get just real 
kind of, I guess, deep cut information that people kind of overlook now. I don't think there's anything better than listening to Bigger Than the Game with Darren and Jose. Uh, and as somebody who I, I produce your show, I sit here, <laughs> I watch you guys record every single time you're in the studio. I enjoy it. I enjoy sitting down, listening to you guys hang out. It's, it feels like listening to a baseball game is what I say to you all the time. It's what I tell other people all the time. It's just got a nice, fun, casual, enjoyable vibe. You guys are so passionate about it. And again, that's why I'm so excited to have you guys around for this season. We got you for the whole year. So make sure Can't you keep wait. sticking around on yeah. Thursdays. We got plenty more sports history coming up for you during this Eagles season. For Jeremy and Jose, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.